Good morning, harvesters. Good morning, harvesters. Good morning, mothers. Hallelujah. What a blessing to stand before you this morning. And thank you so much, Pastor Mama, Bishop, Lady Chris, uh, Charlotte, and all of you. For the leadership of this church, and I thank God for you who are here. Now, let me read a card to you in case you didn't receive a Mother's Day card. Pretend I'm giving you, or, or pretend you are receiving from somebody this card. It says, Mother, I am so glad God blessed me with you. A mother's heart is caring and always ready to love. A mother's heart is patient and steady in its faith. A mother's heart always listens no matter how big the problems. A mother's heart supports without asking questions. It simply offers what is needed in that moment. Happy Mother's Day to you all. It has been a long time I've been on this pulpit, so I don't take it for granted. Thank you so much. Today I was just having fun when I was coming. I prepared my notes, I prepared my sermon, but then God said, have fun in church. Why? Because the theme of this Mother's Day is a woman, women on a mission. Hallelujah. Who are they? If you ask me a question or you ask yourself a question, who are they? Really, all of us. All of us. We are women on a mission. But now, this woman in mission, or a woman in mission, I was just thinking of some of the trips. In fact, I just cracked up so much when I was driving, just come here. God put in my spirit. I remember when we went, I think it was Senegal. We went to Senegal, but then from Senegal, we were to go to Gambia. Now, we had to take a boat or a ship, a ferry. When we reached there with the Pastor Kawala, we missed the boat, the boat was not there. So he said, we can't go. First of all, even the trip to go to Gambia was somehow shaky. So he said, we can't go. I said, no, we have to go because in my spirit I felt we had to go. But there was no boat, there was no ferry. But we saw this canoe, you know, in Africa, they just take a, a big log of stick and they put holes, then you can sit on it. Many fishermen use this. So he said, we'll, I said, we will take that one. He said, Dr. Maud, we can't go in there. I said, no, I'm a woman on a mission. We have to go to Gambia to complete what God called us. But then, to go into that boat, air, you have to walk first on the water. But when you reach the other side, the men had to carry you. I prayed all kinds of prayer because I was not sure if they are going to drop me or they are going to take me. But when we reach on the other side, there was no one to receive us because they thought 
we had already missed the boat, so they left. And none of us, even Pastor Kawala, has never been to Gambia. So I told him, I said, you know what? Let us take a taxi. He said, where are we going? We have no address. I said, don't worry. We'll ask the tax to say, take us to the largest church. And normally in a city, the largest church is either the Catholic or the Anglican. You know this tradition. So we are going there. Somehow in between, I turn to Kawala. I say, Kawala, look for small signs that says church or evangelical, anything. I said, look for small signs. Then of course, he said, why? So we saw, immediately I said, we saw a small sign say evangelical church, something. I said, we are going there. The text guy said, why? You said you are going to the city, to the big church. I said, no, no, we are going here. We are going to follow this sign. Because I knew our Bethel church wouldn't have big sign. And also when I use the word big church just as a strategy for them to take us to a church. Guess what? When we arrived, followed that little path, it was the right place where our church was located. God is a good God. Although it was just behind because the, big, the church that had the name on the road was in front. When we asked them, they said, oh, Beth, by then we were Beth. It is just behind there. God is faithful to guide us. Another time, I remember, this is the one I cracked up. We were going to South Africa. Me, Bishop Johnson, and Pastor Coffee. Uh, we landed in uh, Durban. Then we got to Nongoma, KwaZulu Natal. It is so far, about four, four hours. At night, woman in a mission. Huh? You have to sacrifice. You have to go where you have never gone before. Don't choose where you want to go. So now we are going, it is night. We left the tarmac, then we go on Grave Road, dark. Bishop said, Dr. Maud, where are we going? I said, on mission. Then it was dark. I think there were five men in the car, was the only one. Then he said, how did you know this place? I said, listen, it says go to the end, the uttermost part of the world. But it was frightening. When you want to go on mission, you have to be willing to go where you have never gone before. You don't choose. Hallelujah. And there are so many stories I could say. But listen, the messages that Bishop has been preaching about faith, people get those steps. One thing, Bishop, I loved the word you use, telescope. See with the eyes of telescope, are you to say, see with the eyes of the spirit. Don't see with your natural eyes. When you want to be an effective Christian, you have to have the eyes of the spirit. And I like the eyes of telescope because that brings home. This morning, if you haven't read any of my books, first of all, get Bishop's step about faith. All what he has been teaching this year. I sit down sometimes there and say, yes, that's it. I have books I've written. God's finger on my bedroom wall. You know why? Because we want us all to be women and men on a mission. 
And our mission is to see no one lives or dies without Christ. There is another book, Becoming God Ambassadors. You get stories of mission. To be a missionary or to think about the kingdom is exciting. That's why I was having fun. Thank you for giving me this theme. I'm so excited. And now the one, Blind Faith. God, amazing miracle. Please get, if you are serious, to be a Christian who is effective. And this never forgotten. Oh, people can forget you, but God never forgets you. Now let me go to the to what I've written here. Go to, please, uh, media. Could you put on my characteristic of a woman who is on a mission? But before that, you have to have a philosophy like Paul had. In Acts 17, when he said, in him I live and move and have my being. You have to have a philosophy of life. You have to have a philosophy of your own life. And I chose to say, in him I live and move and have my being. A woman in a mission. Some characteristic of a woman on a mission. Number one, they live in total dependency of God's word. They focus, their focus is bigger than their own. They have kingdom perspective. Number three, they have a positive mental attitude. Women in mission, women who want to go mission, women who want to please God. You have to have a positive mental attitude, but really in reality, just you have to have faith. Number four, they are contented and handle challenges with eternal perspective. They strive to fulfill their God-given purpose as helpers. Help us in quotation marks because that's what Jesus said. That's what God said. Number six, they willingly sacrifice time, treasure, talent, even life for the love of others. These are the women on mission. They must demonstrate the fruit of the spirit like in Galatians 5. 22, you know, love, faith, patience, long-suffering. We must have that. You can't be short-tempered to be a, a mission woman or a missionary person, a person who wants to fulfill what God has called us to do. There are women who celebrate the success of others. Oh, hear me, women. We don't have to pull each other down. We have to celebrate Trust me, if you are pulling others down, you are pulling yourself down because God sees so be a woman who celebrates. This is our weakness as women. But thank God we are changing. They are women 
who have a lifestyle of prayer. They are not just in prayer ministry, but they have a lifestyle of prayer. That's why in him you have to live, to move, and have his being. They don't need a position or title to make impact. That's where I'm going to focus on. I thank God for, for Sister Charlotte, for Ada Charlotte. Prayed for you all, for all the problems. She prayed already. I don't want to focus here. We said women on mission. I don't want to focus on all what we are going through, and I know we are going through a lot. And some of us, even this morning, we went through a lot. But this time, that's why I say, let us celebrate. Let us enjoy. Let us forget all what we have been going through or what we are going through. Let us focus on what God can use us to do. Because when you look inward all the time, you forget God said, go, see. See with a telescope of faith of what God will do while you are going through whatever you are going through. I said they don't need prestigious title or position to make impact. Let us read, we'll read the scriptures, but let me tell you why they don't need title why they don't need position, why they don't need any accolade when they want to be women image. And you know why? Because God, listen to me women, God gave you the biggest title of all. God gave you the biggest title of all. You know what he said? You are helpers. Ah, oh, what is help? No, if you knew. What has been incubated in the word helper? That's why even Jesus, when he was leaving, he said, I'm going to my father, but I'm going to send you a helper, a paraclete, to be with you all the time. You are helpers to help men. Hallelujah, men. But if you knew the power that God has given you as a helper, you will rejoice. Number two, women have been making impact all the time. That's why I say you don't need a prestigious title. You don't need a position to make impact. You are a woman. Ah, you are a mother of kings, of president, of apostles, of prophets. You are a mother. Hallelujah. A mother, that's why the Bible says train a child. Of course it is both parents, but mothers. He didn't say teach a child. Teaching and training, they are two different things. So you as mothers, you have been making impact. Say, I've been making impact. Imagine all the children that you have given birth to. Don't worry even right now, they are not behaving well. Listen, you mothers who have small kids who are not behaving well, don't worry, see with the eyes of the spirit. Speak that they will, be in, they will make impact. They are present. They are whatever you want them to be. Uh, I have to move fast. Women are willing to sacrifice, willing to take their blame. Hey, women, are you here? Yes. 
You sacrifice 24-7. Even if nobody sees, but God sees you. Even if your husband doesn't appreciate, God appreciates you. So keep on doing the good work. Hallelujah. Women on the mission, they have to have five, not use just five senses. To me, I say they have to use seven senses. Hallelujah, seven number of completion. But seven, meaning you have to have common sense. There are times you need just common sense. And sometimes common sense can solve a lot of trouble. I'll read the scripture in a few minutes. And another, you have to have spiritual intuition. Today, many people wait for somebody to give them position. God has already given you position. Thank God for position that we acquire. But if you know that you are a mother, if you know that you are a Christian, or you already have been given position by Jehovah. And some of us, or some of you, even those who are watching, some of you, you might say, I don't qualify. I haven't done this. I don't have what it takes to make impact, to witness, to be effective. You have all what it takes. Because to tell somebody about Jesus, you don't have to have a degree. Like the Samaritan woman just say, come see a man. That was all. He changed the entire city. Can you speak? Can you talk? Therefore, you can make impact. Let us read 1 Samuel 25. I want us to see a woman who didn't have title position but made impact. Let us see 1 Samuel 25, 34. Now, oh, you already had there. Why didn't you tell me? I tell you, I come from the village. I don't see... Okay, first Samuel 32. Let us start from 32, please. Okay, now listen. I'm talking about a woman who made impact without position. And we are looking at a woman called Abigail. Now listen to what David said. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Please continue until verse, uh, let me say, uh, so that we don't, um, until 34, okay, continue. And blessed is your ad advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hands. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning 
By morning light, no male will have been left to neighbor. In the New International, I like it says, thank you for coming to meet me because if you didn't come as fast as you did, I would have killed all the male. Thank you for coming quickly. Now Abigail, what did she do? What happened? What did Abigail do until the king said, praise be to God who has sent you to come to me. Hear what Abigail did. Verse 14 and 19, the same chapter. Verse 14 and 19. It says, one, okay, now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. Continue, but the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accomplished them. When we were in the fields, there were a war to us both day, by night and day. All the time we were with them, keeping the ship. Now therefore, know and consider what you will do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such as scoundrels that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five ships already dressed, five shears of roasted grain, 100 grasses of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on a donkey. And she said to her servant, go on before, before me, see, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband. Let me just summarize, let me say in short. David and his soldiers, they were passing, and they heard that Nabal is in Carmel sharing sheep. Now, it was a custom in Israel. When somebody passes, when they sojourn, you welcome them, you give them food. Now, Nabal was very rich, so Nabal could have willingly given food. And also, Nabal was a man who had been taken care by David and his soldiers. But now here he is, he's refusing to give them anything. So when David heard that he is refusing to give them food, can you believe? A mean person, because he was very rich. Read the story. But nobody could talk to him, oh my goodness. There are some men, there are some husbands. <laughs> They back all the time, but thank God for a wise woman. Let me tell you, that's why now Abigail, when the soldier 
came to tell Abigail to say, listen, you better do something because we are going to die. That's why a wise woman in a mission, she took the food that he, the husband refused. Ah, listen to me, people. There are times you have to take the decision to bring peace. Don't wait for the catch to say, unless you tell your husband. It is true, but there are times, hear me, that's why when you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you have God in you, he will lead you. That's why when she went, and I have to read what she said when she went to meet David. Please, could you put verse 23, 24, 25. Listen to what she said. I could read myself. 23. Now, when, okay. Now, when Abigail saw David, she dismantled quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his face, at his feet, and said, Oh, me, my Lord, on me, let his iniquity be, and please let your maid servant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maid. I don't have time to read it, but the reality is, she went, she didn't accuse her husband, ladies. She didn't go to say, yes, that man, no, 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 no. She was protecting her husband. We have to protect. We have to cover them no matter who they are. She said, I'll take the blame that the woman on a mission. She said, I'll take the blame no matter what he has done. I will take the blame. That's why King David had to praise her. Let me go to another woman. Now you read the story. I'm rushing because peace came because of a woman, because of that simple action. To take it quickly, because if she could have waited to find a committee, to talk with a committee, he would have come and killed them. But there are times, let committee come later, when there's something concerning the kingdom of God. The spirit of God will lead you and always God will back you up. Let us talk about another woman. I don't think I'll read, but you know the story. It is Esther. You know the story I wouldn't go. The wisdom of Esther was this. When she invited the king to come to the house with harm and the enemy, oh women, let me ask you, who would invite their enemy to the house? When you are in a mission, you don't hold grudges. When you are in a mission, you have a clean heart. When you are in a mission, you know that God is in control. Esther, she invited Naaman, who had written a decree to go to every city 
120 different regions from India to Africa. Every Jew person had to be inhaliated, killed. Why should they be killed? Just because Modaka didn't bow to Haman. Can you believe how simple things destroys nation, destroys tribes, destroys countries, but oh, let us find women who are on mission, who will know what God says and change the situation. How did Esther change the situation? I would, I would just read one verse of Esther 8. Because now she invited them to come for a banquet. The king kept on saying, Esther, tell me what you want. Even half of my kingdom I will give you. Oh my goodness, if it was me. Yes, I want this, I want that, I want that. No, 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 no. A woman on a mission is not thinking about me, myself, and I. She's thinking about the community. She's thinking about the kingdom. So three times the king keep on asking, what you need? She just said, no, what I need for you and my enemy, she didn't say my enemy, to come to the banquet. The third time, when, when the second time when they came, then he said, king, you know what I need? I need you to rewrite the decree because Naaman has sent for all my people to be killed. Then the king was so angry. Of course, you know, he killed uh, Haman. But what I want you to see here is because God has changed your identity. When you got saved, Jesus changed your identity. But verse 8, Esa 8, 8, listen, Esa is begging for the king to write another decree, for the king to write another decree. But hear this. This is what I want you to get. Verse 8. The king tells Esther, oh, you yourself, you yourself write a decree concerning the Jew. You yourself as you please. It is not about the king. It's not about Mordecai. It's not about the leader. It is you who have this burden to see your people set free. It is you right as it please in the name of the king and seal it with king's signatory for whatever is written in the king's name and seal the, with the king's seal signature ring no one no one can revoke it church listen mothers let me tell you God has told me one day God took you he saved you he sealed you with his blood now it is up to you to write oh what you want to see your children become, write it down. What you want to see your nation, write it down. What you see your father do, write it down. Hallelujah. The king 
gives you permission. The king has given you permission to rewrite your story. Some have called you, you are nothing. But the king says, you are the apple of my eyes. Some might have called you, you can't make it. But the king says, you will make it. Some might have said, your children wouldn't amount to anything. But the king says, Write your own story. Speak what you want to see happening. Say to yourself what you want God to do. That's why I say, don't worry what they are saying about you. Always know that God has changed your story. Now it is up to you to continue to rewrite your story. It is up to you to continue to rewrite your story. This morning, you have permission from the king of kings. Oh, Corona has said, you will die. You will not live. Jesus says, you will live and give testimony in the land of the living. Oh, people have said, you are nothing. You can't make it in America. Say, yes, I'll make it because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. They might have said, you come from a wrong village. All of Kasata say, even in my village, the blood of Jesus washed and cleansed me. You have to rewrite your own story. I see the movement of the time. I was told by 30. Now you are sure. <laughs> Mothers, no matter who has said about you, you have the power. You have the permission from God himself to make impact by what you say. That's why I see with the faith eyes to say if we all of us start speaking concerning our village, start speaking concerning our nation, start speaking concerning our family, start speaking concerning our church, we will change the world. We will unite, but we have to be united because God has already shown and God has already given us the decree to say, write yourself. Are you ready to write your story? Are you ready to change? Maybe this morning you came with so many different things. Or oh, I want to say, like Moses was told, tell the children of Israel, the Egyptian, you see them, you wouldn't see them back tomorrow. Any one of you who want God to touch, stand where you are, just leave all the burdens behind. Right where you are, God said, I have to decree liberty. I have to decree set free. I have to decree your mind to be set free right where you are. Just stand as an act of faith. You who want God to touch you. If there is none, 
that's fine. But I know, thank you for standing. Because God said, there are people when you stand, you are leaving your burdens behind. You are rewriting your story to say, God, no matter what I've heard, today I'm rewriting my story. May God change your story. May you agree with God. Because when God has written your story, don't listen to who says what. Because God wants to use you. God wants to set you free. God is right there with you. He has given you permission. The blood of Jesus is right there. Therefore, I decree and declare that this morning, this Mother's Day, your story will change. God bless you.